Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shepska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! It's noon on Monday, March 28th, and this is news that you can use from YAA with your hosts, Zach and Ray. And and may I say, huh. a day early, happy 30th birthday to your brother-in-law, well, Zach. For sure. We are up yeah. in Sky Chopper 5. five. We're up in Sky Chopper 5 above, yeah. a, above a field of sitting Silverados, Chevy Silverados. Dad, yes. today we are going to kick things off with a chip shortage update, and the story is coming by way of our friends over at General Motors. A fine woman named Mary Barra is struggling to get that company valued like Tesla. <laughs> what can I tell you? That's the lead story for today, Dad, yeah. is chip shortage update all over the place. She- uh, excuse me, Chevrolet, but GM, more importantly, over yes. the weekend announced that they are going to be shutting down their factories in an Indiana plant in Fort Wayne for two weeks. Right here. Well, they need a break. General Motors halts pickup truck production. Again, we keep track of everything week over week. Yes, here, we join yaa.com yes. slash guide slash chip dash shortage. Yes. The semiconductor chip shortage has forced GM to halt production of the Silverado and Sierra. I think those are pretty profitable vehicles for them. During the weeks of April 4th and April 11th, GM President Mark Royce, Royce told CNBC that chip supplies were, quote, getting a little better, but the crisis were not, was not over. We're not through this. We're doing the best we can. GM's announcement of a production stop is particularly notable considering that the Sierra and Silverado are higher margin vehicles for the automaker. If these two money-making models are temporarily removed from production, the chip shortage may be worse than the company's executives make it seem. Wow. You mean that? Yeah. Wow, it's worse than it seems. <laughs> yeah, I can I can almost assure you of that. So why don't we look at the data that came from Auto Forecast can, can, Solutions? Can, can we Go just ahead. now on this stop scrolling? So you you got to be you got to be aware of when I'm sharing. And okay, sharing. now you're sharing. Yep. So just just look at the Middle East Africa <laughs> section where where uh, Auto Forecast Solutions put this together and they didn't catch the typo. <laughs> Hey, Auto Forecast Solutions or anyone that works over there, if you want to hire us as consultants. Yeah, to catch your typos. To catch your typos. Still dead. We broke the 2 million threshold for the projections. We can scroll right down. 19 trillion. I'm not sure. You can see the projections went up by 120,000. Actuals went up about 100,000 from 1.158 million to 1.254 million. Yes. So the news from Auto Forecast Solutions and others is things are still not looking good. And this is actually in Europe. Yeah. VW has shut down factories. Mazda shut down factories in in Japan last yes. week. So um, Toyota. So the story is still the same on the on the chip shortage front. Well, it, for for Toyota and Mazda, it's it's a combination of chip shortage and the uh, and the uh, I was going to say hurricane, but it wasn't a hurricane. It was an earthquake in Japan that uh, that has impacted their manufacturing capabilities at home mm-hmm. um so between the chip shortage and that yes we we continue week over week to lose production vehicles that get removed from the production schedule uh, right now the estimate for the year is two million a little over two million um i believe our dear friend igor has money on between five and seven million um, on the spot commentary right there. Yeah. <laughs> but dad, can I actually, can I throw something out there? 
we usually do. So this is this is from the YAA community forum. There was a post pricing for a Silverado build, and Lisa, who recently bought one, and I've got some emails from folks as well who their builds are starting to come in, and they're getting contacted by the dealerships, and yeah. the dealers are saying, hey, the price went up by a couple thousand dollars. MSRP on the Silverados, on the 2022 Silverados, are up $2,200 this year. Since they placed an order. Which is, and I'm telling you, that's from this year. I've got <laughs> emails from that's folks. That's a lot. Uh, yeah, that's about five percent. Yes, that's a five percent jump on a silver. Now, and and here, if I may, and they can't produce some for two weeks. Well, you know they could, but they choose not to go out in the uh, in the market and buy the more expensive chips that are available. There are chips that are available from third party sources at a premium price, and they've chosen like every other manufacturer, not to participate in that marketplace. But if you're going to raise your prices $2,200 anyway, go out and buy the chips so you don't have to, you don't have to uh, slow down production for two weeks or take out some features that people are used to having. Yeah. Um, or, or just continue to pass on the price increase to the public. Yeah, I mean, so you're right. They could continue to produce if they bought more expensive from more expensive suppliers. There's a lot of we we talked about it. I think occasionally on the channel, there's price gouging going on in the private markets for semiconductors. Oh, like sure. there are third parties that have bought up the the the, yes. the the ICs that are needed for these vehicles, and then they're asking for insane prices on them. And I read some forums online yeah. that talk about this across different industries, not just automotive. The oh, price no. gouging is everywhere because there's an acute. You know, supply shortage, it's very obvious. And but it's GM, get worse. but G, yeah, okay, so let's hit on that. That was the other thing that I queued up for today's show was this story from CNBC. Chip industry under threat with neon production is set to, uh, set to fall off a cliff following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. We've talked about it on the show for a little while here. We learned, we realized yes. that the Ukraine, that excuse me, Ukraine is the 90% of, of neon production comes from Ukraine, something like that. More than 50% of the world's neon gas production comes from. Ukraine. Ukraine and neon gas is used in the production of chips to do the printing on the semiconductors. Yes. And this article from CNBC is painting the picture that we haven't really felt the ramifications of that quite yet. But we will. But we're about to. Yes. So it's unfortunate to see this. And it's also then juxtaposed with pops. I was watching TV yesterday and the Ford commercials are nonstop left and right. The you Ford don't, commercial. You don't watch TV. I was watching TV. The Ford commercial. Can we just. <laughs> The Ford commercials were left and right. Yeah. Thousand dollar rebate, you know, build your own, buy it now. I mean I did see that. Yeah. They they will gladly give you they will gladly give you a thousand dollars to order a car today for a hamburger on Tuesday. And and you get that thousand dollars plus whatever public um, incentives are available at the time of delivery. So, yes, they're encouraging people to order their truck or Ford exactly the way they want it so um, they can schedule the productions accordingly. Two questions. Yes. When does buyer fatigue start to set in? Because you're going around, you're going around, you can't find any cars on lots, and you're being told, hey, place an order, and it'll come in in the next, I don't know, six to eight months. Yeah. So when does buyer fatigue set in? And when does the the crap hit the fan here? Because this can't go on forever, can it? Well, you know, pretty much in Europe, you order a vehicle. Now, now typically prior to this, it, it didn't take six, eight months to get your vehicle. You know, you ordered it, and it probably took four to six weeks if it was a European-built vehicle. Yeah. Um, and and in the in the old days, if you ordered a domestically built vehicle from 
uh, Ford or GM or Stellantis, um, you know, it probably took about eight weeks from the time you ordered it to the time you could take delivery. Things have changed. Um, and I think I think you're starting to see uh, some buyer fatigue now. We're, we're, you know, you, we see the comments on our YouTube channel where people say, hey, if I got to wait six to eight months, I'm just fixing the car I have and I'll just keep driving mine until, you know, until this, all this stuff is in the rear view mirror. And then we talked about it last week on the show, Dad. I'm pulling it up right here. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Yeah, it's this article from Cox Automotive. Dealership service revenue increases again in February on lower activity. The average ticket was $501 Yes. in, uh, I guess that was February. Yes. So service costs have gone, have never been higher for consumers than right now. And the wait to get in for service has probably never been longer than it is right now. And the wait for parts that might not be available is longer than it's ever been. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's there, there really is... Uh, in my mind, this picture in my mind of Cuba, you know, where where people are going to are, you know, you're going to go to the scrapyard, you're going to get parts out of the scrapyard that you can uh, reconfigure or rebuild on your own so that you can put them into your existing car. Um, and, and you're never going to worry about another new car again. You're going to just keep your 40, 50 year old car in running condition. You're going to fabricate the your ways to make it keep running um, because if everything's going to take longer than it should, and if parts and things aren't available, um, yeah, people are going to have to get creative. Yeah. hundred percent. They are. All right. So we've got a couple comments in the chat here. Catherine saying, decide to change what car I'll buy since infinity dealers are charging so much. Acura is only asking MSRP. Great little insight there that maybe you can get an Acura. Well, and that might just be in her area. hundred percent. Yes. Um, Asahi, Asahi. Uh, do you think online ordering of new cars will finally become a thing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The the, the real the realization that you're seeing Ford advertise, you know, to order, I think is yeah. Is now, definitely... now it's not going to be. It gets built and gets shipped to you directly. It's going to get built and get yep. shipped to a dealer, so and probably the dealer that you designate, so you can go pick it up. Ben, uh, this week I make a final decision: buy new, buy gently used, or not buy at all. I haven't been this nervous since my wedding thirty years ago. Don't be nervous. You, you're you're in yeah. control, so it's okay. If you were in this position, Dad, buy new, buy gently used, or not buy at all? Um, well, I, yeah, I, I'd just be nervous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, if 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 I, I would say if you can get a, a new vehicle at MSRP or a little below, uh, you're better off buying that than buying a used car today because the used car wholesale values have gone up so much that their retail values are are more than what they sold for as new cars. Um, and if your current car isn't, you know, like a 20-year-old piece of poo, yeah. um, you know, it might make sense just to hold on to your current car. You know, we as Americans forget that the cars as we know them today weren't designed and built to only last, I don't know, five to 10 years. They're designed to last much longer than that if we maintain them. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we just as as a country as a whole choose not to. 
For the most part, yeah, a lot yeah. of people move in and out of vehicles. Yes. I saw in the chat here, Pops, from Glacius. Yes. Also got a love scene 1700 for destination fee and delivery when I live 14 minutes from the plant and they produce the vehicle. Pay me that money and I'll go pick it up myself. That reminds me, Dad, we, we pulled this article out last year. This was in November. Yes. The non-negotiable destination charge is increasing rapidly. This is yes. from November of last year. Mm-hmm. Used in new car prices are climbing through the roof, and the rapidly increasing destination charge could be the culprit. The increase in destination charge is also known as shipping or freight. has yes. increased so rapidly that three class action lawsuits are currently being litigated. So since 2017, here's how different automakers have increased, and this was just the last year, yes. their destination fees. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, GM's was up 21%, Porsche's up 29%. Hyundai Kia up 23%. Stellantis is up. Uh, I, I mean, I think on a Ram truck, it's like 1695. And the thing is, you start to dig in. So here is the here, there's a, an active lawsuit yeah. against General Motors right now. The lawsuit filed in the Southern District of California involves two plaintiffs who allege they were not aware that GM made a profit off of the destination fees it charges customers. According to car complaints, the plaintiffs are a California resident um, who purchased a new 2021 Chevrolet, Chevrolet Equinox with a $1,200 destination charge and a New Jersey resident who purchased a 2019 Cadillac Escalade with a $1,000 destination charge. It's a black box. Like, a lot of information that's on this page. Go ahead. It's almost like the dock fee, except <laughs> it's the manufacturer's dock fee version of the dock fee. Yes. Stellantis, formerly Fiat Chrysler, has increased their destination charges the most. Consumer Reports found Stellantis destination charges increased an average of 90% for Chrysler Dodge Jeep from 2011 to 2020 and 74% for Ram over the same period of time. Yeah. Fiat's destination charge increased by 114%. Surprising to many is the fact that domestically produced vehicles are also getting hit with a very high destination charge. Take, for example, the new Jeep Grand Wagoneer built in Michigan comes with a $2,000 destination charge. So not only, yeah, and then we talk here about how it's a black box. So not only are we in a position where vehicles are being sold without all their non-safety critical features, i.e., and I love that about the Ford uh, advertisement is they show someone using the touchscreen for the heated seats and it's like, you can't get that. Yeah, well. Can't have everything. And GM is now taking offline their Silverado and GMC Sierra production for two weeks. I mean, it's when 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 this bubble bursts, and yeah. I'm not even sure what bubble we're building to anymore. It's like a bubble of consumer frustration, a bubble of of inefficiency to produce vehicle. Like when that bursts, things are gonna feel and change and be very different than they were before. Like the amount of change that's happening in this sector right now mm-hmm. over the next over the past year and over the next two or three years, is probably more than has changed in the past 30 or 40 years, would be my guess. Yeah, probably. Anyway, sorry for the tangent on destination fees. From James Pops, I ordered a 2022 Ford Escape Hybrid on, Jan- uh, on December 27th of last year and just got the build date for May 9th. Very good. <laughs> wow. wow. And John says here, they should have stopped this EV push until there were enough chips. The just-in-time inventory system is broken, and it has its weaknesses. And that ties in, I think, with a, a story that you pulled up for today's um, today's show, Dad, which yeah. is this. EV charger installation sparks dealership sticker shock. A lot of dealers have discovered that installing powerful fast chargers for electric vehicles, as some brands are requiring dealerships to do, is a complicated, expensive, and time-consuming exercise. You spent 40 years in the dealerships. What's your take on this? Um, well, you know, every time there's changes in the automobile industry, um, there's there's expense for dealerships. And if we're moving to EV, well, then you're going to need the charging stations at your dealership. Um, and in order to upgrade the 
uh, electric that they need, the amount of electricity coming into their dealership, a lot of dealerships are finding that they have to pay the electric company to upgrade the service from the street to their dealership, to the front door, whatever, you know, what, however they designate it. And that gets rather expensive. Um, the one dealer, I was going to cost them $200,000 just for that. Just for that. And to retain your relationship with the brand, you have to do it. Uh, well, yeah, if you'd like to, if you'd like to represent that brand, yeah. And and so, um, you know, it, it's funny that for a moment there, that the the dealer principles can be ex as exasperated as customers are yeah. at the cost of things. <laughs> okay, because. Every day, the customer is confronted with additional dealer markups, dealer-installed accessories, protection packages that, that dealers claim the customer has to buy, or you have to finance a vehicle, or you have to have a trade-in. And, and so now, it's, it's the shoes on the other foot, and the dealer principal gets to hear the same thing. Well, you know, you need to upgrade your electric service in order to have these EV charging stations that you need, and that's going to cost you a zillion dollars. <laughs> and the dealer goes, it, but but it's it, you know it is what Wait, it one is. more zillion huh? ah, dollars. Uh, but but my point is is that and 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 Igor as a former dealer don't take this wrong when I say it. But the point is it it almost feels good that they're getting <laughs> stuck like this. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Here here's a taste of your own medicine. Yeah, honestly, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know. I'm just, I'm sorry. I got off on that tangent. So it's pretty interesting because the dealerships, I mean, they have some leverage in the sense that they can continue to sell ICE vehicles. Like look what Ford's doing with Ford Model E. You want to still sell Ford products. Yeah. You can sell internal combustion engine products, but by 2024, everyone's either going to be on the EV track and the ICE track or just the ICE track, the internal combustion engine track. Yeah. You either you're on the boat or you're off the boat. The OEMs have all the power here. Um, and yeah, they know the it. Bulk of it. Yeah, yeah, and they know it. Yeah. And this is like an interesting there you go. I don't know that. You know, <laughs> and this is an interesting example of that. And it's also the push to EV, which is I want to do a, a just a, a super quick plug. We have the YAA Electric channel. Just you know, search YAA Electric up here. We are gonna be launching on April eleventh. Justin, who's our in-house EV expert, and myself. Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. We're going to be doing a show over there talking all things EVs, everything that's coming down the pipeline, all of the push towards EVs. Justin's going to break down all the simple stuff that I don't even understand. Join us over on YAA Electric. Again, two weeks from today, the first episode will, will come will he, out. Will he break down the not-so-simple stuff that even he doesn't understand? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we are going to have a guest appearance from Papa Chefska probably weekly because I think that'll just make for, for a fun show. But it's interesting. EVs also cost more to the consumer. We've looked at data from Boston Consulting Group. Yes. They pulled up together a report that says vehicles that have autonomous driving functionality and also have uh, the EV powertrains, they cost more money to actually produce. Because the chips that are needed for those vehicles are more expensive. Oh, which means you're going to need neon gas in order, <laughs> in order to be able to print I wonder, I wonder if the timing is so off on this because of what's happened that the push to EV actually doesn't materialize as much as we think it is. I know manufacturers have committed now nearly a trillion dollars. I mean, you can go to the homepage of Automotive News. I will demonstrate this yes. because I'm, I haven't looked at the homepage of Automotive News in probably two hours. I bet you the homepage is something EV related. Oh, it always does. Let's just check. Let's yeah. check. Yep. 
Oops, it always scrolls me to the bottom. It does. There it is. The number one thing is 13.5 billion committed to North American EV battery plants only scratches the surface. So everyone's talking about the push to EV, but maybe dad, we're out in front of this. Maybe we realize that the supply chain issues are so severe <laughs> that maybe they won't be able to produce the EVs. Did you see there, there's a the, the new Hummer EV? I think the only one that's for sale in the United States right now, it's like $200,000, even though the MSRP is half that. Like, so long as there's the dealership relationship and there's not enough vehicles to meet demand, how the hell are the Ionic 5? You can't even find an Ionic 5 at MSRP. Some dealerships won't even let you test drive. Like, I wonder if maybe all of this digging our heels in from the dealership perspective could hold back the actual adoption of, of electric vehicles. I'd be interested. I'll be interested to see. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's an interesting thought. I, I just know that between between natural disasters, war and and uh, pandemics and chip shortages, um, you know, the the advent of electric vehicle adoption is is going to be somewhat slowed down. I mean, if you can't produce the the vehicles that you had intended to produce, and like how the you profitable produce, ones, yeah, how are you going to be able to produce? I don't know extra vehicles as you're starting up because it's basically a startup for the EV sector. Yeah, how are you going to do that? Yeah, if if you can't produce your main product. <sighs> Tony, you just came in a touch late. Hey, YAA, can you avoid the destination fee by picking up your new vehicle from the manufacturer facility? You cannot. Nope. And it just They won't straight. allow you to go onto their facility to pick it up anyway. Yep. They have contracts with the unionized labor drivers, and there is no way that they will allow <laughs> you to go to the facility, pick up the car, assume the liability, and drive it off the lot. Simply Vicent wants to know, are we seeing a drop in retail yet for used car prices since the drops in wholesale? We will have updated data from BlackBook tomorrow. Yes. Can't wait to dive into that. Join tomorrow's show. That's going to be all the used car and, market and updates. Hopefully, uh, Jared has been paying attention to us, and they'll get that out to us no later than 1130 tomorrow morning so we can digest it a little bit before we go live at noon with news that you can use. Love seeing comments like this. I'm a vendor for a local Toyota dealership. They are currently timid on buying vehicles from auction with fear of market adjusting soon maybe you can even get in touch with chip i don't know yes, if you can I before could. tomorrow's show yeah. uh, we've got contacts who are wholesale buyers in the industry mm-hmm. i would i would love to get a sense for how they're thinking about this right there now. was a comment on our main youtube channel today yeah uh, i think it was today um the guy's a wholesaler yeah and his cars brought more money than he ever envisioned last week he says the prices are just continuing to skyrocket wow even at the auctions at the auctions last week wow Wow. I'll be very curious to see what the Black Book data shows. I know I saw it was on Twitter. Um, I saw someone that posted sales data already for dealerships through last month. Mm -hmm. Down considerably. And we're in the spring. We're in the spring selling season. I mean, this is is typically when you're selling the most cars you are all year. Some of the most profitable deals. One of the best. The the second best month of the year was typically May. Uh, The best month of the year was always December. But if you were an East Coast dealer or a mid-Atlantic Northeast dealer, um, for us, when I was managing a Nissan dealer in Atlantic City, um, it it was like on March 1st, somebody hit a switch that said, hey, it's okay to go buy cars again. And, And March 1st, the amount of traffic increased dramatically, the amount of sales increased dramatically um so the first two months of the year it was like you could just sit there and smoke cigarettes and drink coffee (laughs) um and 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 by the time march rolled around you couldn't afford the cigarettes or the coffee um but once march hit 
it was like there were people everywhere. They were just, they had money stapled to their forehead looking to buy a car. Um, and, and I don't know that that's happening this year. We've got from Justice in the chat, no tax returns this year because everyone got their 2022 return last year. This season will be very different. There, there's some validity there. I mean, there, and there were also a lot of, this time last year, there were a lot of um, handouts from the government. Yes. A lot of financial handouts yes. from the government. There's not that at present. Carvana is offering as much as ever for Tesla vehicles right now. Yeah, I've seen plenty of used mm-hmm. Tesla sell for more than the original MSRP. And the reality there is Tesla is going to keep increasing the MSRP. We have not heard anything yet from Toyota. But I actually asked the team, I, I just sent a message to the team before we hopped on, we need to be doing some investigating and, and we need to compile a database of mm-hmm. MSRP changes across the board. Because it's happening. It's going to happen. Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. It is. I mean, the, yes. the if, you, if you've just joined the show now, Chevy Silverado MSRPs have gone up $2,200 just this year. Yes. And GM just announced that they're shutting down production for two weeks. The two things don't go, though, hand in hand. You know, they, they do not. Or they do go hand. And they do go hand in hand. Yes. That's what you meant to say. Um, all right. Let's see here. Wow. The chat. Thank you to everyone for being here. We're at 500 people here, Pops. That's incredible. That's our biggest. Yeah. Our, wow. That's our biggest. Noon news that you can use show ever in the history of the channel. Fania with a question here. Was hoping to set uh, get a new newer car next year, but I'm going to put some more money into my 2010 Lexus RX and keep cruising for another two years. Yeah, that's exactly what we're seeing. I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Wow. 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 It really does. From Neil, are dealers less likely to send a lower value trade to auction when any car that runs has a higher value? Uh, I think dealers will keep their hands on their lower value trades because they can't get them anywhere. And and the market always exists for um, the more uh, affordable vehicles. And we recently did an article, uh, a show about the vehicles that appreciate, used use vehicles that appreciated the most. And, and most of the ones that did were your least expensive vehicles yeah so. let's let's take a quick peek at this um this data is awesome it comes from ic cars we just launched the video on yaa the yaa channel today vehicles with the highest price hikes in february bring sticker shock to consumers this is from february of last year to february this of year. this year yes. okay the hyundai sonata hybrid the price went up ten thousand ninety five hundred dollars this is the average listing price for yes, a used but, but Hyundai notice, Sonata Hybrid. No, you know, you take out if the I take, belief, yeah. take take out the G wagon, and everything other than the G wagon, the Tesla Model S, are are entry level vehicles are all are, all sub twenty five thousand dollar vehicles, with the exception of the Prius. Yeah, which so we're talking about the cars that are most affordable are the ones that have seen their values percentage-wise increase the most year over year. So would a dealer send their lower price? No. Why would they? They're going to have to overpay for that car at the sale. Especially when, and I can, I, I don't have one prepped here, but I think I can find one quickly enough that this is going to be a worthy experiment. Why would they get rid of a vehicle? I'm going to the community really quick. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to search. Let's just search accessory. Or install factory, install accessory. What are these accessories? Like, they're adding, this is from eight months ago even. Yes. Accessories, $585. Or we did the, we did the, um, it was for Eddie, wasn't it? 
Um, Nissan Kicks, here we go. Yeah. Why would you get rid of a vehicle? This is on a new car right here. Yes. But why would you get rid of a vehicle when you can add a $1,000 Clear Pro, a $1,000 Spartan GPS, a $500 this? Dealerships are desperate to have anything that runs and operates because then they're going to make the record-setting profits right now yes. in F&I, which is selling insurance products and add-ons and crap and, like that. And record-setting profits on, on new vehicle per uh, yeah, gross per vehicle. Gross per vehicle on the new side and gross per vehicle on the pre-owned side. And let's be crystal clear here. This is from Eddie seven days ago. Good for Eddie. Okay. Yeah. And for those that listen to the podcast and don't join us live, reporting back with success, bought this car for MSRP plus 550 for all the accessories. Too tired to get rid of the last 50, but overall the goal was achieved. And thanks to Phil, one of our auto experts yes. on our team, and Eric, a community member who helped an incredible amount here. <laughs> Eric actually talks about how Lojack, excuse me, Vin Etching does yeah. absolutely nothing, and Lojack is is crap as well. But it's a perfect example that these things are negotiable. But absolutely, a dealership's going to hold on to as much inventory as possible. Yeah. We had we had a call in on the show the other night, Dad. Gentleman uh, in Hawaii, he was interested in buying a car. They put another. They said another person was interested in buying the car, and you said, and and then he got you know the dealership came to him and said like, hey, we've got someone else on this car. Like we need you. We need to know if you're moving. And he was he he took that as not necessarily a threat, but he's like, I don't want to do business with someone who's pushing me and challenging me. And you asked a great question. He said, well, did you have a trade in? And I forget if he said yes or no, but I, I don't think he did. But or, no, he did. He and did, the, and the and other, other lady didn't. Did not. And and the reason they were pushing him was because they wanted to get their hands on his trade as opposed to selling the vehicle to the other customer where they wouldn't have a secondary opportunity for another profit by selling another car because she didn't have a trade. If you have not gone yet, this is a brand new page on our website. If you have not gone yet to join YAA.com slash valuation yeah. or slash what is my car worth, yeah. get the real fair market value from YAA right here. We put together our algorithm. This is not a trade-in value per se. It's like what the retail value of your vehicle is worth. You've got it all broken down on this page. But plug your VIN in, put your state in, put the mileage in. And hell, use this actually, even if you're considering buying a car, mm -hmm. to pressure test if it's a fair deal. So for example, if I was buying this Acura RDX, yeah. I could plug the VIN in back here on the valuation. I could plug the mileage in the state. We'll tell you if it's a relatively a fair price. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I'm, I'm bringing that up in part because why not? <laughs> he just felt like plugging the product <laughs> every once in a while. Yeah, every well, once in know, a while, some somebody's got to pay for all this nonsense. Yeah, someone yeah. does. Yeah. All right. Why don't we call the show, Dad? Okay. I you have a meeting at twelve. I've got a meeting at twelve. Well, twelve thirty-five. Yeah. I get yeah. a five-minute buffer. Okay. We'll be back tomorrow with the used car market update. Correct. Yeah. Uh, assuming that Jared does his duty and gets it to us no later than ten thirty. <laughs> Well, I mean, 11.45 is fine, too. Okay, 11.45. As long as you get it to us 15 minutes before showtime and we can digest the information. Jared, don't let us down now. And again, a reminder, YAA Electric, we are launching two weeks from today, our first ever episode. We're going to be talking all things EVs. Justin is our in-house expert. And yeah, can't I can't say enough Did good things. Did you tell me he had to wear a black shirt? Black shirt Monday, baby. Apparently. <laughs> All right, Pops, let's call the show. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for being here. And please, if you're not on the community forum, if you're not sharing your experiences with the community, that's the whole point of this. It's not for us. It's for the community. So it's please join YAA.com slash community. Go add what you're learning out there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for being here. We'll see you all tomorrow back here at noon with more news that you can use from YAA. Thanks, Pops. You're welcome. Join us again next time. Which is probably tomorrow. To get the news you can use from YAA. 
YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon.